This is going to completely change the dynamics that have existed for investors over the last decade. Pretty much everything that worked while the Fed was inflating this bubble is not going to work as the air comes out of it. And the air is going to come out of it. If you have Bitcoin, sell half, keep half. This is the top. Nobody listened to me. If you knew who was really behind Bitcoin, really behind Bitcoin, you would run as fast as you fucking could to sell it. I know. 100%. Jeremy Grantham has been calling market bubbles for decades. And he says right now we're in a super bubble that's about to burst. And there have only been a very small number of those, three of them in the US equity market. This one, the 2000 tech bubble in 1929. In a time of Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger's reign as the leaders of Berkshire, the company, they have returned roughly 2 million percent on the initial value, or 20,000 to one. This was accomplished in the adult lifetime of two men simply by investing the capital of the company in an increasing number of prosperous enterprises and without dangerous amounts of borrowing. This really is a story for the ages. Charlie Munger, known as the sidekick, only to people who don't know him very well, but those that do know him well, Charlie is fiercely independent as an intellectual who, in the words of his partner Warren Buffett, marches to the beat of his own music, and it's music like virtually no one else is listening to. The pair are just total geniuses, best known for their straight rationality and investment success. Let's learn about the pair and the mistakes they believe investors and businessmen alike are making within the current date. There are a range of pitfalls that you as an investor can avoid via listening and consuming the advice of Buffett and Munger. Let's start with the first piece of a device in which really touches home specifically in this macroeconomic condition. And this is in reference to predictions of the economic situation and trying to forecast what equities will do over the next few months. According to the genius couple, in reference to stock market predictions and economic forecasting, this is not a good idea to place too much reliance on forecasting in regards to the way the stock market and shares are going to move over the coming months. Buffett says, perhaps you were lucky once, but a series of short-term bets on the immediate horizon forecast are not going to benefit anyone over the long run. And for me, this is really interesting because especially in this current macroeconomic situation, everyone is forecasting whether we're going into a recession, whether the debt crisis will spiral out of control, what Michael Burry has been saying, but Buffett and Munger really believe that this is totally pointless. In the current date, there is a major level of over-reliance upon macroeconomic forecasting including renowned investors such as Stanley Druckermiller and Michael Burry at the forefront, who are constantly predicting recessions, market crashes, so on and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, Danton's Premium is here. You can subscribe by the first link in the description. Some exclusive perks that we're now offering includes that evaluation models and DCF calculations on your favorite companies. You can hear from Wall Street themselves in reference to their investment notes and their research reports on Tesla, on Palantir, on industries, and where they're putting their money. As well as this, you also get access to exclusive videos, commentary, podcasts, and interviews from CEOs, from investors, private investors alike. In addition, you can read all of our exclusive research and articles which come out daily on Dantons.com. And you also get to see our six-figure stock portfolio and the moves that I make on a daily basis. These are just some of the perks. Please subscribe to Danton's Premium. First link will be in the description. Thank you. 
Buffett and Munger, importantly to take away, believe that this is just complete noise. And this may sound counterintuitive in regards to new investors who believe that you don't want to be investing within a stock market crash, but Buffett and Munger completely disagree. Buffett notes that it is also pointless to constantly be breeding macroeconomic projections. With the long-term holding strategy, the current state of the economy is off limited impact because the value is determined by the owner's earnings over many decades. This is when recessions come and go. The truth of the matter is, if you're holding equities, if you're holding stocks, then there are going to be booms and busts, there are going to be crashes within the market, there are going to be macroeconomic hardships, and there are going to be also periods of prosperity. You must hold throughout. This is the major lesson from Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. But there is one principle in which I think people need to understand. This has one condition, and that condition is in relation to the soundness of the investment decision. Let's take a look at this clip of Buffett and Munger during the great financial crisis within 08, in which Munger basically highlights the fact the Berkshire shares have fallen drastically and many of their holdings too. However, this is of no importance to him. How worried are you by the declines in the share price of Berkshire Hathaway, the difficulties the companies in? This no? is the third time that Warren and I have seen our holdings in Berkshire go down top tick to bottom tick by 50%. I think it's in the nature of long-term shareholding with the normal vicissitudes in, in worldly outcomes and in markets that, that the long-term holder has his quoted value of his stock go down and then by, say, 50%. In fact, you can argue that if you're not willing to react with equanimity to a market price decline of 50% two or three times a century, you're not fit to be a common shareholder and you deserve the mediocre result you're going to get. And this is so, so important for investors now to understand. According to Buffett and Munger, there was literally no value than trying to predict whether we're going into a recession or what is going to happen with the macroeconomic conditions. This has no value whatsoever. And to add to this, and to reinforce the point, literally no economist recently has successfully called consistently at least a market crash or a recession. Usually these events are really totally unpredictable. And I think, just as a great rule of thumb, ask yourself as to why there are no economists on the Forbes top 10 list. The reason as to why is because these guys suck at predicting market crashes, macroeconomic booms, and perhaps they get lucky once or twice, as everyone will, but fundamentally, consistently over the long run, this is a very pointless strategy to pursue. And this makes sense, right? If these economists weren't so accurate with their predictions, then they would be the richest men in the world. They would know when to sell and when to buy at the exact date, and everyone would listen to them. But unfortunately, these economists have no idea what is going on. And another piece of advice that Buffett and Munger give in relation to investing within equities is specifically focused upon DCF valuation rules and trying to find out intrinsic valuations of companies. Buffett and Munger mentioned that you should avoid Greek equations, as they say, or radical complex methods for valuations of a company. Buffett famously stated that you should not do equations with Greek letters in them for evaluation of intrinsic value. Investors should not try any of the complex mathematical equations in which some academics and analysts recommend. Knowledge is key and the investor must do their homework to ensure that they understand the company in question. And it seems like too, specifically online, far too many people focus upon radical DCF models, valuation tools in order to understand the specific number as to which you should buy an equity. 
Now, don't get me wrong, there most definitely is value, as we'll see within one moment, in relation to finding the intrinsic value. But the question is as to how accurate you should be. And according to Buffett and Munger, this is a ballpark figure in comparison to a specific decimal number. Buffett famously stated that you don't need to know the exact weight of someone to know that this person is fat. You can just tell that they are fat straight away. And the same is true with companies. Who cares if you buy a great company at a slightly more expensive price than the intrinsic value? Who cares? Instead, you should focus on the fundamentals. These will prevail within the long term. Buffett and Munger have mentioned many times that they never obsess over this specific figure. If you buy a sound company at a reasonable valuation and hold for the long term, this is a great formula for making lots of money. Instead, just focus on buying great companies at relatively good prices. This is what matters. Let's take a look at this clip in which they highlight the importance of intrinsic value, but also simultaneously warn against these radical Greek formulations in an attempt to find the specific value, intrinsic value of a company in question. As we have said in high-tech businesses or something like that, we don't have the faintest idea what the coupons are going to be. When we get into businesses where we think we can understand them reasonably, well, we are trying to print the coupons out. We are trying to figure out what businesses are going to be worth in 10 or 20 years. When we bought C's Candy in 1972, we had to come to the judgment as to whether we could figure out the competitive forces that would operate the strengths and weaknesses of the company and, and how that would look over a 10 or 20 or 30 year period. And if you attempt to assess intrinsic value, it, it all relates to cash flows. The only reason for putting cash into any kind of an investment now is because you expect to take cash out, not by selling it to somebody else, because that's just a game of who beats who, but by, in a sense, by what the asset itself produces. That's true if you're buying a farm, it's true if you're buying an apartment house, it's true if you're buying a business. And the filters you described, we're, there, there are a number of filters which say to us, we don't know what that business is gonna be worth in, in, in 10 or 20 years, and we can't even make an educated guess. Obviously, we don't think we know to three decimal places or two decimal places or anything what, uh, like that, what precisely what's going to be produced. But we have a high degree of confidence that we're in the ballpark with certain kinds of businesses. The important points within that short clip are as followed. Firstly, he mentioned the fact that there's a ballpark figure. You don't need to know these intrinsic valuations to one decimal place. Do not overcomplicate things. This seems to be an adequate motto for basically the whole life and business success of Buffett and Munger. Don't overcomplicate things. Just be rational. Next up is this idea of impatience. Impatience can also be detrimental for investors. If investors cannot find a suitable company to invest within, they must keep their patience in check and wait. Buffett and Munger have waited many years when no major investments were made because there was nothing sustainable or suitable that met their strict criteria. Furthermore, Buffett and Munger also notes that impatience can be seen when holding a sound company. Sound companies are really rare and you should not focus on selling these instantaneously when they go up. If the right investigations were made and the investment company is sound, then there is every chance that this will perform well in the future. Losing patience and making hasty decisions can really lead to heartache within the words of Buffett. This is specifically true for me when I first started investing. I was so focused on getting money into the market, I was so focused on finding companies to invest within, despite the fact that some of these companies didn't fit my set criteria. I lost patience. This is a very common misconception that people need to understand when it comes to investing within markets. This is why I believe investing is far more to do with meditation 
in comparison to finances. And it may sound fairly absurd at first, but all very good investors, all sound investors, mentally within themselves, spiritually are very sound too. This is key for good investments. Fundamentally, through this, this is how they enable large amounts of patience in comparison to being impatient and making really rash decisions. Let's take a look at this brief clip of Buffett and Munger speaking about patience and the fact that they haven't made investment decisions for some time because companies didn't meet their criteria. Patience is key. Literally every day have thousands of the major American corporations offered you uh, at a price and a price that changes daily. And you don't have to make any decisions. You have to make, uh, nothing is forced upon you. So you, there are no called strikes in the business. The pitcher just stands there and throws balls at you. And uh, if you're playing real baseball and it's between the knees and the shoulders, you either swing or you got a strike call on you. If you get too many call on you, you're out. In the securities business, you sit there and they throw uh, U.S. Steel at 25 and they throw General Motors at 68 and you don't have to swing at any of them. They may be wonderful pitches to swing at, but if you don't know enough, you don't have to swing. And you can sit there and watch thousands of pitches and finally you get one right there where you want it, something that you understand, and then you swing. And uh, So you might not swing for six months. You might not swing for two years. Isn't that boring? It would, it would bore most people, and, and certainly boredom is a, is, a, is a problem with most professional money managers. If they, if they, if they try to sit out an inning or two, not only do they get somewhat antsy, but their clients will start yelling, they'll start yelling swing you bum, you know, from the, from the stands, and that's very tough for people to do. And the final piece of advice in which I think is very, very amazing to analyze and internalize is this idea of diversification versus concentration. And this isn't just in relation to investments, but simultaneously, it's also very, very important when it comes to your whole life. Too much diversification can also lead to investors not having sufficient knowledge for their set investments. You should only invest in companies that you can thoroughly research and understand. And within the case of Buffett and Munger, at the end of the 1999, and 2000, the pair only had 70% of their investment fund in only four companies. This is called concentration. I believe that diversification is basically a way of subconsciously signaling against the uncertain future and therefore using spray and pray in order to hedge against this uncertainty. Spray and pray is dangerous and leads to very mediocre results. However, good concentration stems from good conviction and knowledge. And good conviction and sound knowledge really takes years in many cases to build. Do not focus on radical diversified strategies when investing within equities. This is pointless, says Buffett. Let's take a look at this clip of Buffett and his straight talking principles in relation to diversification versus concentration and why he hates diversification to his core. We like to put a lot of money in things that, uh, that we feel strongly about. And that gets back to the diversification question. Uh, you know, we we think diversification is, as practiced generally, makes very little sense for anyone that knows what they're doing. Uh, they, diversification is a protection against ignorance. I mean, if you want to make sure that nothing bad happens to you relative to the market, you own everything. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that is a perfectly sound approach for somebody who, who does not feel they know how to analyze businesses. If you know how to analyze businesses and value businesses, it's crazy to own 50 stocks or 40 stocks or 30 stocks probably uh, because there aren't that many wonderful businesses at, that are understandable to a single human being in all likelihood. And, it, and to have some super wonderful business 
and then put money in number 30 or 35 on your list of attractiveness and, and forego putting more money into number one just strikes Charlie and me as, as, as madness. And I'm reminded of Jeff Bezos here in which he speaks about Amazon and the importance of making a few really good decisions across the year. He states, as a senior executive, you are paid to make a small number of high quality decisions. Bezos said in an interview in front of an audience at the Economic Club of Washington in 2018. If I make like three good decisions a day, that's enough, Bezos said, and they should be as high quality as I can make them. In fact, Bezos there noted that Warren Buffett, the billionaire investor, known as the Oracle of Omaha, is also a proponent of paring down the number of decisions he needs to make in order to focus on making high quality decisions. Buffett says that if he makes two to three good decisions per year, that is enough. That is all he needs. The point being is that concentration is key for adequate investment returns and diversification really sucks. It's a weird spray and pray, therefore leading to mediocre results. But if you can value businesses, if you can understand the fundamentals of companies, then you should go ahead and concentrate your portfolio, have conviction, and therefore enable yourself to gain a higher rate of return within markets. So that is all the advice from Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Let me know your thoughts. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What is your commentary? in regards to diversification versus concentration. And if you did enjoy, check out dantons.com for more. Thank you, and I'll see you soon.